currently 43. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. And from News Radio 570 WKBN, for the next hour, we talk about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, making money, the economy, the big picture. And uh, here's John Arnold with uh, all of that. So, hi, John. Hey, Ron. How are you? I'm well, sir. And uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Monday. How have uh, things been going in the market? Uh, what do you, what, how's it been going? Where do you see it going? Uh, I see the market flat with a lot of volatility, which is an oxymoron. So let me explain what I mean by there. Like what happened today, there was some volatility today. You know, it was much as down as 70, 80 points on the the Dow, finished down like 27, minus two on the the, uh, the NASDAQ. So it ended up really stabilizing itself and settling flat. And that's due to a lot of uncertainty and uncertainty and, and obviously a lot of media-driven volatility with President Trump's, um, you know, you know, they're, they're wondering what's, what's he going to do next. Um, and, and uncertainty, unfortunately, brings a lot of volatility in the market. I do think there may be a 1% to 2% more upswing in the market for the next one to one and a half, maybe two weeks. I do see uh, a 4 or 5% dramatic um de- decline for the for you know for the market to correct itself i mean in, in truth it's done nothing but go up since uh, trump's been elected the put the call ratio is very high in terms of uh, favoring puts and uh, for the listeners out there what that means are there's insurance contracts out there that are designed to protect people uh from losing you know all their money in stocks and, and they're called a put where you can buy uh, a put um, for X amount of dollars with a strike price, uh, you know, and an expiration date. And what, you're, what it's designed to do is make sure that you uh, keep your, pro- your 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 losses short, um, and it's just paying more money on your on your stock purchases is what it really is for insurance. And so, when those when when puts are really high, when people are buying a lot of puts versus a lot of calls, which is exactly the opposite, that that calls that calls for a lot of caution. In the market, because that that means there's a lot of big money, thinking that uh, it's eminent that we have a market decline, not a market crash, not a market downturn, uh, significant, but a decline, which is in order and which is also healthy. If you're what I've been saying on the show for the past six, seven years, I like healthy declines. It keeps the market in check. All right. So, are are you saying then that you your best guess is that you think a healthy decline with the, within the next what month? I would say you're looking at the first week to maybe the first 10 days of February. You can target that. And, and keep in mind, listeners, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm no, no, no. This is, your, this is your, yeah. be, your, your best guess. But, yeah. it, but if I remember past programs, you like a healthy decline from time to time. Is that not accurate? Because it's uh, sometimes oh, you can I, buy? I, I love it. It's, it's, it's actually satisfying. It's gratifying. It's relieving is probably the best word that I should be looking for. Because when you don't get that, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you have a bubble, like in 98, 99, 2000, that's growing and growing and growing like a, you know, with a, like a freight train with no brakes, unfortunately, you know, it's going to derail. Inevitably, it's going to derail, and that's what happened in 2001 and obviously 2002 with the exclamation point being 9-11. But people forget that that market was severely declining before 9-11, and that's because a lot of uh, a lot of things that come out, obviously, in the wash as far as, uh, you know, a lot of these stocks weren't even worth what the paper they were written on. So the same thing is happening here. So we have a, we have a market that's been, been, you know, increasing maybe three out of five days, pull back, another big increase, pull back, another increase, and that balloon just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And unless some of that air is let out, you know, over a course of four or five, maybe three or four weeks slowly, you're going to get the balloon pops, and then you know everybody runs for you know runs for holy hell, and you know they hate their stockbrokers, they hate the stock market, and 
and it's just not it's not good. So, yes, I like healthy decreases, healthy declines, uh, and and for me personally, it's 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 a greed factor to where sometimes I I miss a, what what's a, what what I think is a great buy because I was maybe hesitant or maybe the conditions weren't right, and with a pullback, it brings that 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 particular equity down I've been having an eye on, and then I can plug in a little bit lighter uh, where I wanted to be and and have potential making a better game. Well, and so, and if you say significant decline, what would that do? I mean, give me like a ballpark idea what you mean by that. I mean, four, four to five percent, and that's, you know, that's so let me put it this way. If you have 500,000 in the market and it declines five percent, you're now at 475. $25,000 is a lot of money to lose whether you're a billionaire or someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. So, five percent is a healthy decline. And I would turn the converse, you know, the question back over to you. What do you think that that's a healthy decline? Do you think that percentage is is more dramatic than what I'm making it sound? Well, I'm uh, uh, no, I would say that's a healthy decline. What? And I'm I'm trying to get a read. And you think this is going to happen because of the uncertainty right now with with uh, Trump as far as what the trade, as far as these women marching, or or what? The, the women marching is all BS, and it's all that's for news. And I, and, I, and just to touch base on it real quick, I don't, I don't really give a damn how many how many people showed up as an inauguration. That, none of that matters. What really matters is is global policies. Uh, who is he appointing as Secretary of State? Those things. Uh, obviously, that's coming out now, and obviously, that's been confirmed. I think it needs to re, be uh, confirmed with the Senate. But so many major things are coming up with Trump and what's he going to do with the Affordable Health Care Act. I call it the Unaffordable Health Care Act, by the way. Um, but I, uh, I, there's just so much uncertainty with really, uh, really important objective things. And, and, and for you listeners out there, if you're really worried about your money, stay away from watching the news about stupid women marches and inauguration population. No, but I, I mean, and, when you said the, what the – I, I was listening to you talk there. You were saying that some of this will happen because of the uncertainty of Trump or something. Well, yeah, what, what, yeah. what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of his policies, you know, how, you know, what, how are, how is the economy? How is the, how are the, how's the votership? How is the, you know, every day Joe bag is going to take on these economic policies and that's going to directly affect wall street and main street. So actually let, let me reverse my course. His policies, are going to affect Main Street. That's what they're designed to do, and they're designed to do it in a positive way. But as we both know, not every policy change is always positive, no matter how much homework you've done, no matter how good you think you are. It doesn't matter. Sometimes just policy change might take a little while, a little while to take place, gain inertia for positive. There's just so much, there's so much uncertainty with one. Let's face it, even though I'm pro-Trump, he's erratic. He's volatile. You don't know what's coming. As an investor, you like steady, eddy, norm, slow, uh, and that's he brings the exact opposite to the table. Now, me, I like what he brings to the table, but a lot of investors don't like that uncertainty. So when I say Trump brings a lot of uncertainty about his policies, that's what I mean. The big picture is looking outside of what my personal beliefs are, what I think is going to happen. I'm trying to look at this through a, through a true votership, through, a, through from a true independent objective um, stock picker or, or how it's going to affect the market. And I can see how they could come to the conclusion that there's a lot of volatility due to uncertainty because that's what he stands for. And I just happen to think that's a good thing. Uh, and, and, and John, would some of that uncertainty be perhaps exactly what's going to happen with health care, exactly what's going to happen with uh, the trade issue and that well, kind of stuff? You, you just pointed out, I and mean, this is a great, I, I like talking with examples, especially over the radio because it's a good learning tool. If I would have told you that the Obamacare Affordable Health Care Act would actually turn out to be disastrous as far as in terms of cost for America, probably people before it got passed would have said, no, that's the entire reason why the damn thing was passed, is because health care right now is unaffordable. Well, it actually had the exact opposite effect. I was just talking to a lady today, TJ Maxx, was buying some gin gear. She's, um, she, somehow we got on the credit Credit, you know, credit reports because they. Oh, I know why because they were trying to sell me a credit card. They said I don't want my credit pulled again. I try to keep it at eight hundred. She says, "Well, I'm the same way. I got my health. Uh, I had my credit destroyed because of my health. 
And she said I couldn't afford Obamacare. And um, I said, what did you mean? Because I, I obviously I wanted to find out more. She said I, I couldn't afford 360 a month. You know, I'm, I'm working full-time here making, the, I think, like 10 bucks an hour as a, ca- as a cashier. And, and my point was, I was thinking, man, she represents so many people that were probably misled into thinking that Obamacare or Affordable Care Act was going to be the savior in terms of cost for this nation that had the opposite. And therein lies an example of you think you're going to have a policy change. You think you're going to have a law change that's going to really have a positive benefit to the nation, and it does the exact opposite. And, and that's the volatility that I'm talking about. That's the uncertainty. You think you've got all your ducks in a row. You think you're making the right chess move, and actually you're checkmating yourself. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, when you're looking at, it, looking at this from a terms of an investment standpoint, economic policy standpoint, yeah, it, it, there's a fear gauge involved. And, and if you don't think that because maybe you have some biased glasses on, I think you're wrong. Not you specifically wrong, but the average Joe out there. So <clears throat> you can expect more of this. Um, you know, there's a lot of changes being done, uh, and it's going to hit home with a lot of investors. There's going to be a lot of political bias out there. Do you think there will be any gonna... fallout with the, with the threat of the tariffs and everything? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think that, you know, you're not going to put high international trade embargoes uh, with, with tax tariffs, that, you know, that, and it's not going to have repercussions. It's not going to be turnkey, and, 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 that, and I'm, I'm for it. I'm willing, you know, nothing ever has come easy in life that's truly worth it without a little bit of pain. Whether you're working out or whether you're dieting or whether you're making a, you know, a change in your staff, there's always some pain that comes with it and and hopes that there's something great that comes out of it. And the same is going to hold true here. You're just, you're not going to raise uh, tax barriers on, on countries that have, have never, or not say never, but since in the past 20 years have not had these high tax you know, tariffs on them, and all of a sudden they do without consequences. That is an absolute fact. How the market's going to react to it, I don't know. I think initially, um, just like the first interest rate increase, it's going to go up, or excuse me, excuse me, it's going to go down initially, and then uh, we're going to end up winning the war instead of the battle, and I think all, all will be well. But believe me, for you, for you Trump supporters out there, it's not going to be a smooth ride. It's not going to be you know, stock market, you know, bottle rocket type scenario. And I wish I could say it. I wish I could tell you it was going to be that way, but it's not. It's going to be a rough road. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, and that's just the way the stock market is. But have a, if you have a good game plan, you have high quality stocks, you're, you're diversified in different investment vehicles, and um, you, you play the game smart, you do have a really good chance of winning uh, more than losing. And, and that's the best way I could put it. All right, we're talking with John Arnold, Truth and in Investing Show. So, so the, all of that causes the the rocky ride you're talking about, right? Or, or potentially? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much, there's so much out there. Well, you know, between um, ISIS attacks, between you know, uh, fixing our unemployment situation or underemployment situation uh, that no one really seems to be talking about in the news, which is the real scare. Um, obviously. Uh, I already talked about a terrorist attack, maybe, but um, interest rate increase, um, you know. Pulling now, what, now, now what, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, do you foresee uh, additional interest rate increases? And, you know, I still, I do. oh, you do. Uh, do you think they're necessary? I do. I do. I think Explain that one. Why do you think they're necessary, and can they put a halt to the economy? No, I don't think. I think I, I think Warren Buffett, who I don't always agree with, but I agree with him on this, and I think he, I'm bullish on the United States economy, and we're, we are strong enough, I think, right now to take on two or three more quarter percent increases to stabilize inflation, to stab, you know, uh, to get things back in order. But more than anything, it really tells the American public that we can stand on our own two feet without more government band-aids and coupons, which is what zero interest rates are. So <clears throat> I, I do believe that those are in order. Um, it, it, we've been in, you know, crisis mode since 2009 as far as 0% interest rates, and there's a reason for it. It's because we were in a crisis. I think we're, you know, we've pulled out of that. I don't think it's happy days. I think we're probably, um, we're probably you know, tipping towards another minor recession here in the next couple of years. 
nothing dramatic and nothing over 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 you know nothing crazy is going to sink your portfolio. But you can expect some some major job cuts. You can expect um, uh, some major changes, obviously in fiscal policy. I just, and, I, I just wonder when you guys talk about these interest rate hikes, and you know they talked about it for the longest time, keeping them low, and then they finally raised them. And I, and some people would argue, John Arnold's our guest. Some people would argue, well, that gets a lot of people off the dime if they were thinking about buying a house. So usually uh, act on it because of interest rates going up, and they don't know where it's going to go. So it gets people to make a move. But, I mean, you think the economy is robust enough, uh, and of course I hear from even locally here, incidentally, that we don't have enough homes uh, for sale in Canfield and Poland. There's actually kind of like a shortage of those $200,000 or 250 homes out there in the Canfield and Poland area for sale. So, and I hear from realtors, you know, those are the hot areas and still doing quite well as far as sales go, but... You know, when you so the first one maybe got some people to make a move, but do you see that you see the economy and inflation being major factors to hike it again, John? I, well, I think inflation, yes, the economy, not so much a factor. More of like I said, just just kind of relieving, you know, just taking the bandaid off, you know, letting letting the wound kind of heal itself type deal. Like again, the reason why we instituted these zero interest rate policies is because the damn country is about to fall off the cliff in 2009. And we were, you know, grabbing the straws. How, how can we say this thing? Well, here's one deal. Let's go 0% interest rates. The corporation can borrow at 0% interest rates and hopefully use that, you know, to supply more services and goods and in turn hopefully um, hire more people. And, it, and it's and somewhat it worked. Uh, they t- I think they, they've taken advantage of it in a big way. And, and if you're a corporation... You're the CEO of a corporation. That is your job is to make as much margin as possible, so I don't fault them. But <clears throat> there's got to be a balance to everything, and clearly, zero percent interest rates are not a balance because inevitably inflation catches up to you, and you you know your dollar cannot buy what it used to, and it's and it gets it gets crazy. And tempering a, a quarter percent here and there is a good thing, is what I'm saying. Now. Here's what I think is an underlying uh, concern for me, and I can't, I can't, um, I can't prove it. But you know, Janet Yellen and Donald Trump do not like each other, and then and, and they have made no secret about that. I, I think one way to kind of halt his his fiscal policies and one way to really hurt him would to be to raise the interest rates more aggressively than they should. And I'm just hoping that both, you know, both kind of heads cool down and, and somehow they meet in the middle because if they were, if they raise it too fast, too, too, too much, you're, you're, you're going to hurt, you know, you're going to bite, bite off your nose to spite your face. So one of those things that uh, we, we just don't know. And I can't prove, I can't prove what I just said, by the way. But if you look at the, if you look at the news constantly, Janet Yellen and Donald Trump absolutely are polar opposites and they, they've clearly stated that they don't like each other, but they're go Hopefully they're, you know, Together, their goal is to get our economy as efficient as possible, and they they put their differences aside. But unless that ha- if that doesn't happen, I do see uh, her playing games with the, her playing games of the interest rate a little bit, and and I don't know what it will happen with that. John Arnold's our guest, News Radio five seventy WKVN. Do you have any comments on the fact that it says U.S. President uh, Donald Trump will have breakfast uh, tomorrow with the chief executives of General Motors, Ford, Fiat, Chrysler, as he pressures automakers to boost American employment? Uh, the meeting is the latest sign of Trump's uncommon degree of intervention for a U.S. president in the corporate affairs, as he has repeatedly jawboned automakers and other manufacturers to buy American and hire American. Any thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are that's why I support the guy. I can give a damn, you know, who's gay and who's not and who's sleeping with who and all the other Hollywood crap that goes on and, you know, who they want for president. I, I, I clearly was I'm for Donald Trump for one reason and one reason only. He's the only one that was talking about bringing jobs back to our men and women. And whether you're white or black or foreign or Asian or whatever you are, you are feeling much better about yourself when you're putting your own food on the table versus the government putting food on the table for yourself. And I think that he, and I think that his platform identifies that and, and is, is going to give everybody rich, poor, middle, lower middle, an opportunity to, to employ themselves versus government handouts. 
And for those who aren't on that, for those who still want to ride that gravy train, they're going to, it's going to come to a screeching halt. And I think America's for that. So back to your answering your question, I love that. And that's how, you know, I would have been disappointed if I was a hardcore Democrat if Obama had, would have not done his best to institute an affordable health care. And he did just that. He went to work on it and, and he got it through. Trump is already at work doing exactly what he promised us, and that is talking with the people that, that the decision makers will say, how can we help you from a government standpoint, and how can you help us, you know, get American workers hired to where you can maintain the margins that you need to make and keep your stock price where it needs to be so you're making your board of directors happy and so you're making your shareholders happy and also so you're maintaining uh, enough buyers in the United States of America that can actually buy your vehicles. And and it's not really a hard, you know, thing that to really philosophically to, to grasp, but for whatever reason it has become, uh, you know, really hard to grasp. But at the end of the day, his, you know, he is trying to do what he's good at, and that's make business work. And I'm, full, I'm all for it. And, I'm, and I think that that is a, a great thing, and I would actually – Again, reverse the question to you. I have to believe that you feel the same way. Oh, 100%. I, I, I'm thrilled about his meeting tomorrow. And I think he uses the power of intimidation to try to get things moving. And I don't think any of this would be happening, as I've said on the program, if Hillary Clinton got elected. I don't think Ford would be putting $700 million into Michigan. I don't think Black & Decker, Stanley, uh, DeWalt, and now Craftsman Tools would, would be moving back to the United States. I don't think you'd see the gi- a giant amount of money from Fiat Chrysler being invested in Toledo and in Michigan. I don't think that you would see uh, a lot of the things that are going on as uh, the, the, that are happening out of the fear of trade, I, I, or tariffs, I should say. I don't think any of these things would be happening. And some of the employment numbers that I'm reading are just staggering. I mean, you know, of companies committing to hiring huge numbers of people. Now, some of them might not have anything to do with Trump. I think Amazon's going to hire 10,000 people, and I don't think that has much to do with him, but it certainly will help the big picture. You know, it might offset the layoffs from Macy's and Sears and that kind of stuff, but some of the job creation numbers are looking pretty good to me. Yeah, me too. I love his policies as far as America first and bringing workers back here first. And you know what? You know, the truth of the matter is, you know what he has that the other guys didn't? He's got a big set of balls is what he has, and he's ready to, he's ready to do what he, needs to, what he needs to do to get things done. And, and whether that's diplomatic or not, so be it. Because you know what? The, diplomat, the diplomacy and the, the guys that are key turner cheek and, you know, oh, you know, and, you know, we'll take care of you, but nothing ever happens. This guy's getting things done. Right, here's and, Hank. And, and here, that's what America wants. Here's Hank in Youngstown. You're on with John Arnold. Hank, go ahead. News Radio 570 WKBN. Yeah, I was just wondering what John thinks about the uh, sudden rise of CSX transportation stock. I'll listen to your answer on the radio. Thank All you. right, thank you, sir. So, wait a second. CA, uh, the, the rise of... CSX, yeah, it's the, that's, it's the railroad it, stock. Yeah, is that, uh, and has there been a sudden rise in CSX? And if so, are you surprised by it or, or, or not? I'm not? I'm not at all surprised by it. Um, I think it's the tip, I think it's the tip of the iceberg and it goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about. I think that the infrastructure in the United States, um, is obviously going to be, uh, President Trump's core goal to get it, you know, rising. And again, whether you're for or against them is irrelevant. If you're, I, I know you are for as a listener, your portfolio increasing. And one way to transport, whether it's coal or steel or wood or whatever it is on the cheap, is through companies like Norfolk Southern and obviously like the gentleman's called CSX. Um, the one thing that the one thing that that also makes traditionally railroads go up is the rising cost of oil. Slowly but surely, keep your eye on that, on, on fuel and, and you know natural gases and, and oil. And I know you do firsthand, Ron. It's creeping up again. Barrels of oil are creeping up again. So you combine that with the infrastructure rise and, and, the, and the core infrastructure model of Trump's policy. I, again, I can't talk in definites, but my opinion is, I think CSX is on. You know, it's a good it's a good buy. It's a it's a it's a, it, there's momentum there. Obviously, you can lose all your money in any one stock at any one time. But if you're uh, if you want a power, you know, a, a good core transportation stock, 
I think CSX is a, is a, is a, is a good way to go. And I think some of the other railroad stocks are, are obviously good to go. I will tell, also tell you this. I don't know how it's happened, and I don't know why, but I have three engineers that work for CSX, and they're saying that the company is, is constantly always trying to hire more engineers. They're not hiring more people if they don't think that there's better days ahead. So, so you're optimistic. Uh, so what? You're optimistic for that that sector because of an, an increased uh, a, an economy that grows. Obviously, needs to move product. Correct. Absolutely. All right. and it's one and way it, to transport cheap. And it's an economical way to move product from point A to point B. So it's it's a sector that has your interest, your attention. Safe to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good way to say it. All right. Uh, and we're going to talk some other sectors with John, plus we'll take more of your calls. If you want to talk to him, 729-9977. That's 729-9977. 729-9977. Talk with John Arnold here tonight. Uh, he'll be with us till seven on News Radio five seventy WKVN. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, investing. Your questions, your comments. Seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven seven two nine ninety nine seventy seven for John Arnold's. We'll be back right after this on News Radio five seventy WKVN. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. Now back to the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. And on uh, News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Verb, John joins us every Monday at 6 o'clock with his latest take on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, investing. If you have any comments or questions for John about the economy, about the markets, about investing, feel free to give him a call on the air right now at 729-9977, 729-9977. We take on all comers, 729-9977. We'll get you through to us, 729 729- Nine ninety nine seventy seven. If you want to talk with John Arnold here tonight on News Radio five seventy WKBN, feel free to do so. John, of course, uh, when you talk about uh, a couple of things, oil, uh, keeping my eye on natural gas and oil prices because those prices are going to be going up. Are those sectors that you like as an investor? You know what I do. I I, uh, I, I put right after Trump was elected, I put our clients into natural gas and oil infrastructure. So not actually barrels of oil and not the barrel, you know, the BPs of the world, but I bought ETFs that they build the oil wells, they build uh, the, the transportation. I said I should say they build it, but they transport it. You know, things that are connected to it, and, and the, re, the returns on those are ridiculous. I hit, I hit that one really right. Um, so, and, and there's a lot of people, let me put it this way, I, I have clients in the oil and gas industry they're flying all over the country, especially south. Um, that particular industry thus far is making a major comeback. And really, it's really not been really talked about as much. But if you look at the ETFs that support that particular sector, you will see that I'm not lying. You will see that it's been a straight slant on the way up with no declines. Again, I, I can't promise that's going to continue. And, and I always have to disclose that I could have been very wrong in that particular choice, but in this case, I was very right. Um, and, and it is a sector that I think is going to outperform uh, over the next couple of years. I do. All right, so you like it. Uh, let me go to one of our other lines. You're on with John Arnold. Hello. Yeah, uh, this is Tom. Uh, first of all, happy new four years to you guys. Uh, with regard to uh, Jenny Yeltsin, John, uh, now she's just the, the head of the Fed, right? So, I mean, she doesn't have dictatorial powers. If uh, she and Trump don't get along, anything she says just goes to the board uh, for for proposal, and they vote on it, don't they? Well, that is true, but I think we, I mean, it's respectfully, because I think you're my guy out of Brookfield that I really like, but um, I think, I guess what I'm saying is I think we'd both be very naive if we didn't think that she carried a lot of weight with her recommendation, if you know what I mean. Without a doubt, nothing in our economy and nothing in our, our constitution is, has a dictator ruling like a king at all, and it's the beauty of the nation. However, we do know that there are certain people in this nation that have an unbelievable amount of power and persuasion, 
And if you cross them, uh, there's hell to pay. I think she's one of those people. So, again, I agree with your stance there, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I just <clears throat> I, I just think that there's more than one way to skin a cat, and she knows how to do it. Are, are you familiar at all, at all with uh, currency trading, John? Because what I'm, what I'm I, getting at... Go ahead. Well, what I'm getting at is, you know, when you consider the potential of tariffs and you're considering the renegotiation of trade deals, it seems to me like the, the, the currencies of some countries are going to go up and some are going to go down. Uh, I, I heard somebody said that uh, uh, if you had shorted the peso the day before uh, Trump got elected, you would have made a lot of money. And I'm not looking at shorting, but I'm just wondering if there'd be uh, money to be made just in the, in the uh, currency exchange there. There would be, term- let me tell you something. First of all, I want you to know, I'm not. I'm not. I, I can. I'm licensed to do it. I don't do it. I don't know enough about it. I'm more of a straight equity guy. So take this advice with a grain of salt. I, if you find a currency trader out there, let's say that there's a superstar out there, a Merrill Lynch, or there's a hedge fund out there, or an SMA fund that does just currency trading on ETFs, I believe that that, that team or that particular trader will make you a lot of money especially over the next four years, because Trump's policies are going to affect international trade tremendously, which is obviously going to be a lot of currency manipulation with the dollar obviously being devalued, which, by the way, folks, that is a good thing, because then then more of their dollars or pesos or whatever they use can buy more of our stuff, and it's going to take more of our dollars to buy their stuff, and it, it balances itself out. Obviously, we don't want it to go to nothing, and we don't want theirs to go to nothing. We want balance. Um, but to answer your question directly, yes, you can make a lot of money trading currencies. You just have to know what you're doing, and I am not one that does. Okay, but, I mean, if you, if you invested in one of those ETFs, uh, are you saying, as I'm thinking, that uh, chances are uh, over the long run, in the next few years at least, uh, it's going to be uh, a positive thing rather than a negative thing? Well, again, I got to talk an opinion. I oh, think no, it I is. But keep in mind, <clears throat> keep in mind, buying an ETF is more of a buy and hold strategy. If you want to trade, if you want to trade trade currency, you don't want to buy into those ETFs. If you hear what I'm saying, you saying right. to you, you, like if you buy the European currency sector, whatever you know, ETF or whatever, or let's say the the euro sector or whatever it is that is called, you you, you know, unless you're going to day trade it. That's really not what you're after. I think what you're after, and your name's Tom, right? Right. Yeah, so, <clears throat> Tom, I think what you're after more is if you're looking to really manipulate it, is buying the actual currency through a commodities trader and, and, and doing it that way or a currency trader. But I need to say, I'm, I, I think on the scale of, like, if I was, you know, on a report card scale, an A being I'm an expert, an F being I'm a failure at it completely, I'm probably a C-. minus. So I would not be your guy for advice on that. Okay. Uh, would you have any recommendations as to the, the, the sources to start looking into? Honestly, no. I would read a lot about Forex if I were you, okay. uh, but I don't, I don't have any particular uh, referral systems or, or something, somebody or something, a system that I, that I trust enough to give you that referral. Um, I would... I would be giving you the same research that you'd be doing yourself, which is on the Internet. I don't have a referral, but I will say this on Tom's question, what you're talking about, John. I have a buddy who is with a guy, and he buys and sells currency, okay, not ETFs. Mm -hmm. He actually does it. And I believe his commission is half of what he makes, okay? But, But what he makes is huge. You know, like like the guy who's telling me, it's risky. It's very risky. He's never lost any money with this guy. But in a day, you might make twenty thousand dollars, and if he takes half, that's ten. But you still are ten thousand dollars ahead. Uh, you know, but you got to have uh, the money to put out there. I mean, the guy, the, the my buddy is doing extremely, Tom, extremely well. Uh, making more money than he could possibly make in a bank or the stock market. However. It, 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 that aspect of it, John, is extremely risky. Now, this guy knows what he's doing, but you can always get a bad call, right, John? Well, not only that, but that's an unregulated market, the commodities market. So, like, right now, if, like, if I, like, for whatever reason, lost my mind and started soliciting penny stocks on the radio, 
<clears throat> and someone bought them uh, for whatever reason, and they lost all their money, you could complain to FINRA and the SEC, and I would lose my license, and that, and probably, probably file an arbitration. That he would definitely win. And and that that currency trader situation, he has no one to report to. You are trusting that that guy is going to do what he's going to do, and you have no recourse if he doesn't, or if he sucks, you're out. That's that's the facts. Okay, well that that's worth that's worth keeping in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I I was just looking at the overall situation and seeing a potential opportunity there. But uh, as you're explaining it, then there may be there may be a lot more risk than I'd like to get into right now, simply because, it, you, as you say, you, you'd really have to educate yourself on it before you go into it. Okay. Well, hey, thank you very much for the information, John. Tom, you got a minute to stay on the line with us. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Go ahead and talk to him. What did you? Hang on, Tom. Tom What's that? What, Tom, what? What's your feeling about the next four years? I mean, I think you're a borderline pro-Trump guy. I yeah, I am. And, and I, I, I'll tell you, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, what I'm saying is I, I think mm-hmm. Trump is going to take this country in the right direction if he's given a chance. When you see, though, how, how much of the uh, establishment, uh, you know, the, the uh, mainstream media as well as uh, the Democrats solidly against him, and uh, then on top of that, a lot of the... Uh, uh, you know, old old guard Republicans being against him. I, I I don't know if he's going to be given that chance. I hope that he is because I, I think he could do a lot for this country. But uh, you know, okay. that part of that is the very worst that can happen if you really think about it. If he were to get impeached and removed from office, you got Mike Pence, who's a Tea Party guy. So I think uh, I, I think we're going in the right direction at least. Next question and last one. <laughs> you would think it was your radio show. Uh, what do you think about the stock market for the next year? What's your opinion? Uh, you know what, John? I I, I am still kind of cautious. I well, first of all, I, I think we can all breathe a little bit uh, easier with this whole Shemitah business. Remember that guy who came out and said that every seven years or whatever it was, there was a yeah. uh, and, and go you know so forth. But the other part of it is is that yeah, when you consider that the uh, uh, cycle that we're in now is probably aren't they saying that this is the the longest cycle or very close to the longest cycle uh, of not having a recession well no one of the few anyway bear market bear market uh yeah 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 so yeah this is one of the this is the second longest run without a bear market which is a 20 percent loss uh so on the one hand you could say that well gee you know uh uh we're due but you know, when when you look at other other situations, I mean, look how long it took for the Cubs to win the series again. So I mean, just, just be well, I got, the point I'm getting at when I say that is that you know we're we're in a uh, situation where we we like to think that things happen in cycles and they happen in predictable ways. But then it's when something breaks the 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 mold, breaks the cycle that we realize that it was just a, it wasn't really a true cycle where where it wasn't defined by the uh, laws of physics, the laws of gravity, or anything. You know, it's like Trump becoming president. You know, a lot of people were saying he didn't stand a chance. Well, he did it. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, again, I am opti- I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. If he plays this right. Then I, and I think he's the guy who can play it right, provided he's given a chance. Then, then I think he can turn our economy around. I think he can help the world turn around. But at the same time, you know, there's those potential pitfalls there. You don't know what ICE is going to do. You don't know what Putin's going to do. Uh, the idea of uh, Trump uh, closing up to Putin, I don't have any problem with that because I view him with the same relationship with uh, Roosevelt and uh, uh, Stalin. You know, in other words, if he can use uh, a Putin as as a you know adversary, but one that that he understands and can work with to defeat ISIS and maybe even uh, offset China a little bit, I think it'd be great. But at the same time, uh, you know, people have to give him a chance. I agree. I agree. I, I appreciate your opinion. Thanks for the call. Hey, hey, thanks for the program, thanks John. For the great, show. great You're hearing welcome. you. All right, you know uh, I, go ahead. Wait a minute. Go ahead, John. Well, what I wanted to say is. He, he, this is just a bl- I, again, folks. I have no proof. I am just literally guessing at this. Well, this uh, would you not say it's an educated an 80, guess? An eighty-seven market crash. This is what this is looking like. It's looking like an eighty-seven market crash scenario, to where you get one day, like a Black Monday or, or, or a Black Tuesday, whatever you want to call it. One day you have just a, a major market meltdown. I think it's going to. I think it's what, what's going to happen is. 
what's going to instigate that is the bond market. I think there's there's going to be bonds that fail out of nowhere that cause a complete snowball effect and then just collapse the market in one day. And then we'll have a quick recovery probably six months later, just like in 87. But that's what this is really shaping up to look like to me. Because because a correction is imminent. A correction is imminent. It's it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's when, and and that's and this is certainly shaping up to be that same thing. Uh, go ahead. Did you have something to say? No. Let's go to Jack in Poland with John Arnold's. Jack, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi. Uh, um, I wanted to share something that happened to my wife. We we were married at the time. Uh, in terms of retirement, she retired from the state teachers. At, uh, association in Pennsylvania, and she had these choices that they gave her for putting her mutual, for putting her money into uh, her IRA money that she had, and the first group that they gave her, um, the the very first thing they did was she put her money in. Three days later, they put it. Um, they 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 rebalanced. So. I talked with her about it. I said, that's not right. And they admitted that they did wrong. So she moved her money out. So, again, I'm, I'm comparing this to, to John's uh, strategy. So she, she got to another group, and, and they charged a, a set fee, you know, a, a month or a quarterly fee for what they did. But when they put all of her money in, they put it all into Class A shares of uh, mutual funds, meaning yeah, she was paying a load, even on things like government market funds and things like that. So in the three years she had her money in there, um, she she only went up like 3%. And I don't, you know, I know you guys have talked in the past about, you know, how you really have to be careful about this, but they, these were recommended by our state teachers association. What should she have done? Well, you got two. You got two. You got two items there. So the first item is, if I understood you correctly, which is, it's literally blowing my mind. The state. So she she had somebody from maybe the state teachers retirement system come up from Harrisburg or wherever they're from, and sit at the the lunch table with her and say, you know, you can rebalance inside your STRS and we can, and then it'll do these things. And then they audit and they rebalanced on their own without her permission. They admitted fault. That made you guys upset. You then plopped the money to a financial advisor, like a Ameriprise. Uh, uh, also also approved by them. Right. See, that, that's what's mind-blowing because states are not allowed to, are not allowed to do that because they don't want that physical liability, that, excuse me, fiscal liability. They don't want that fiscal liability. Very, I've never actually, I've never heard of a, of a, of a state recommending a certain particular financial advisor or a team because they don't want to happen what happened to you. By the well, way, this never was the state buy, teachers never, association, ever, right? Never ever ever buy a load if you're a listener out there. Mutual fund, you can get the identical same mutual fund in terms of performance, in terms of uh, uh, team, uh, in terms of cost internally, or even better through Vanguard or Tiro Price. Well, fidelity to pay, you know, five point seven five percent, which is what she paid up front. Yes, is ridiculous. That means you're starting six, almost six percent down. We don't. My firm, you know, we used to do things like that until about two thousand seven. Then I switched my firm over to an advisory fee based fiduciary firm, where we're just fee based, and we make obviously our our our, uh, our revenue on the performance and the value of the you know value of the account, which is I think where you should have went to, even if not me. But <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying is because you've already spilled the milk, what, what, are, what are you looking for? What's your direct question? By the way, I'm very sorry that happened to you, but what's your direct question? Well, I'm sorry. Um, I lost you there. Okay. What I'm, what I'm asking is, what is because you've already done these, these things, and I'm not saying it's your fault, by the way. I think you, you listen to people that were giving you probably not the best advice. But now that it's happened, there's nothing you can do because they didn't do anything illegal. The, the, the financial advisor that sold you those A funds, A funds, did not do anything illegal. That's what they do. Um, 
that's how they transact business. And unfortunately, we have a legal system that says buyer beware. And and, I, and again, I'm not saying it's a jab at you, but that is their right to do. They can charge you upfront load commissions on a share mutual funds. So what I'm asking for, sir, is how can I help you moving forward? What is it that you're looking for? Well, That's the direct question. I, I, I guess I wanted your, you know, what what your thoughts were about that. I know, again, you started charging set fee, but you're kind of saying, no, I wouldn't put you into those Class A shares so that, that you'd have to pay the large well, load. We don't sell those, period. We don't sell those, period. Of course I wouldn't. No, if I understand, yeah. let, me, let, let me help you out here, caller. Do you think, uh, caller, I, I, I was listening, I think he was saying, you know, if you're going to buy a mutual fund like the one you're saying that has a load, you're better off buying it through Vanguard or somebody that doesn't charge you a load. But you're saying that she had to buy that within her retirement. Is that correct, caller? Uh, what I'm saying is is that the the company that was overseeing her money was buying all these um, Class A shares that had large loads anywhere from 4 to 5.75%. All right, hold the phone for just and a second. She had, you know, she didn't know could be, because she was trusting them to um, you know, buy the right thing. Right, and John, doesn't this kind of remind you, I want to ask John, doesn't this kind of remind you of why they made the law that says you got to have the client's best interest at heart versus yours making a commission? I mean, does yes, this kind of remind you of that? i, I got to be careful here because... I, I'm tr- I, I want to make sure that I don't misinform him in saying that, you know, I don't want to make it appear like this financial group did something legally wrong. They did not. <clears throat> I, I don't, by the way, I want you to know I don't agree with the way they do business. I don't agree with upfront loads. I do not agree with upfront commissions. I think they're horse maneuver. Uh, I, I, um, this is not a feather in my cap. This is a bad thing to say, but that's how I did business from 1999 all the way to 2006 because I didn't know sure. different. I have started doing business the opposite way in 2007, and, and I've seen the light, and it, my, it's way better for me and my clients relationship-wise. But what, I, but what, I wanted, what I'm trying to say here, Ron, is... Well, can I ask you a question, John? Do, do, John, does he have a choice in this? Uh, clear up my thinking, John, or, 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 or even Jack. Is your wife's money still in this SRS retirement fund? No. No, she she moved no. it out okay, into a okay. fidelity fund. Uh, okay, into a fidelity but, uh, but fund. All the money, uh, all okay. the mutual funds are still in place. Right. Just hang on a second. Right. Just just hang on. So she moved out of that, and she's with a private investor, uh, a guy like John Arnold that she picked. Correct. Well, she's she's under fidelity right now. Okay. So, so she's she, under. She she's her doing own. her own. Okay, she's doing her own. Okay, John. So, what options do you th- think she well, has, or, or does you just well, stick with it now, or what? No, absolutely not. Because Fidelity offers really good ETFs at seven percent, seven bucks a trade. Right now, those A share mutual funds are costing her probably 0.75 to one half percent internal charges a year. So she can get same type of management, same type of philosophy through the Fidelity ETFs. And I would get out of those and just reduce your internal charges, and you won't pay really much of anything. Maybe, let's say you had 10 of them. You're going to pay 70 bucks for the entire switch out. I, I would definitely bite the bullet, switch to ETFs. You can come to my firm. I'll spend 10 minutes with you. It won't cost you a dime. I'll show you where to go. Uh, we'll place you within Fidelity where, you, where I think you should go and you know, wish you, wish you happy, happily ever after. And and you should be in good shape after that. But unfortunately, you know, you 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 got caught with a financial product salesperson, and and the milk is spilled. And so you would the, so you would take them out of those, yes, would, would. okay, because of the fees, and you would shift them over to Infidelity ETFs without those fees. Do I have that right, John? Well, when you say fees, I'm talking about internal charges. Okay, are, without internal charges. The same, but yeah, internal charges inside a mutual fund. Okay. Much more costly than an ETF. And you would, and then you would tell them what ETFs you think are the better choices. Absolutely, they can remain with Fidelity, and we would obviously do that for free for them. Right. Well, I I appreciate that. I'll I'll talk with her about it and see if she'll give you a call. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. It's something she might want to do. Call her. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. I mean, it's uh, let me do. It's something certainly worth thinking about. Would you not agree, John, to shift over? 
Well, no, well, I mean, I mean speculate. Nothing to think about. It's math. Right. Speculate to me. I mean, it sounds to me. I'm just speculating. Like the the person who's running this was more interested in their commission. Can I say that? Nah, you can say that. I'm not. Okay, but I'm, of, well, I can say it. There's a lot of good people out there to do it that way. That's the truth. I don't. No, but I mean, it's uh, the, only, uh, it's the only way they know how to do it. Yeah, but listen to how much in the hole you were. You know the the what? But when you started, and how much in the hole you are as it goes on before you start making any money. I agree with that, but that's the same as being pissed off at the car. You going and buying your car and doing doing your homework. And you're mad at the car salesman because the car dealership, you know, jacked you on the price. Well, I look at it as shame on you for not shopping around and not finding a dealer that's going to give you an invoice. Who is at fault, the car dealer or is it the, the customer? I think it's probably oh, both. Well, it uh, it can be difficult. Let's put it that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's just say I like, there, let me put it this way: I don't do business like that. Right. There's we don't a, do, we don't do there's a trust factor in this. A lot of times yeah. when you're going to financial people, you're going for their expertise, similar to, you know, seeing a doctor right. or something. You assume they're going to put your interest uh, f- first, if you will. Exactly. And yeah, and that's why I'm all about fiduciary res- responsibility and, you know, that threshold. I think that's the way to go. But, all right. uh, again, it's just one of those things that that's a black eye in our industry. Now, where do you find John Arnold, and how do you get a hold of him? Well, John, answer okay. that question. We are on Star Center Boulevard, the opposite end of Poor House. So if, you were to, if you're coming off 224 and you turn in the Star Center, you're going to be on the, on the last building on the left. Uh, there's a new sign going up, but you'll be able to see us at J. Arnold Wealth Management, last building on the left. Free consultations. You can give us a phone call at 330-965-9890 or check us out at www.jawealth.net www.jawealth.net you can check us out on Facebook as well and again it's no pressure free consultation and we're going to try to help you out and hopefully win you as a client alright phone number one more time 330-965-9890 thank you John you and Viking alright appreciate it News Radio 570 WKBN Youngstown Ohio Ron Verb wishing you a good evening